Hey, what's going on, Recreators? This is Nick. You're listening to the Life Recreators Show. And this show, we're all about diving into learning, healing, and growing, and mind, body, and spirit. And so each week, we are all about just tackling some difficult conversations so that we can learn how can we can just fully walk in freedom as a new creation. And I'm excited about this conversation that I'm going to have today with a good friend of mine. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of talking about toxic masculinity. And I'm actually joined by a good friend of mine here, Mr. Arrington. He is a CEO, the founder of Rugged Evolution Beard Care, and he is responsible for helping me to get things in order. When I was lost, I found him and he got me on the right track. He's also the host of the R Smooth podcast, man. And I'll be definitely sure to link all of those down in the description below. And I'm just excited about me and him having this conversation. We're going to be talking about toxic masculinity today. Arrington, how you doing today, man? Man, what's going on, Nick? I feel so honored to be on this show, man. It's just, I'm just, it's, I'm excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me, boss, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. I'm excited as well, bro. I think I had mentioned it the other day and I'll take this time to hear say it right now. Ever since we met, we've known each other for a few years now and met through different avenues and real estate, man. But I've always been inspired by what you're doing as a young entrepreneur, as a young black man in our community, man. I've always, I'm, it just blows my mind. All the stuff you got going on, everything that you're working towards, the, uh, the value that you're adding to other people, man, is exponential, man. And I just, I'm just excited about everything that, that, and how everything is working out, man, and how everything is laying into place, man. I'm really excited about it for you, man. Definitely. Man, man, thank you so much. Just hearing you say those kind words, really, it, it always motivates me because I tell everybody, I was never, I was never trying to work on to be a, I'm excited. I do want to lead by example. I do want to you know, let my actions do, I guess, lead to some people, but I never want to be the person higher up. I never want to be that leader. I was behind the scenes kind of guy, but just my whole focus, my whole mission in life is to change the narrative. So just with the things I do, the way I talk, walk, introduce myself, socialize with people, the relationships I build, the way I work, I'm just trying to change the narrative because you ain't by change the narrative. There's always that stigma with African-American males. Oh, and young. Oh, he can't. No. Yeah. Cause how old are you? How old are you? 27. You're 27. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, 27. Gotcha. Been a business owner for about, I say entrepreneur for about five years going on. But in, in that frame is I've been very fortunate and blessed to accomplish some great things and still have a lot of more things to accomplish. But just building great relationships. I'm a listener. Make sure I listen. All the young people out there, get please, who's, who's watching this and listening to this, be sure to always listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So it's, you got to close it and you got to listen to all the great tools. And that's helped me in life. Yeah, man. I, I just like to change the narrative. That's all I can say. I just love to change the narrative. There's the, you got the haters out there. You got the haters. I, I hopefully I don't, I don't think I have haters, but there's people that look down on you just for the color of your skin and all that negativity. So I just try to help change the narrative and keep them. And I think you brought up a really good point, man, before we jump into what we're going to talk about. I think that was one of the things that really drew me to just admire you and what you've been doing and how you move is the fact of like really changing that narrative. You know what I mean? Like for mm -hmm. me, I just turned, I, I turned 40 last year or not last year, last week. And, boy, you um, don't look, no, yeah, you don't exactly, look exactly. what, 25, I know, boy, boy, that man exfoliate. Exactly, boy, I get, hey, better with time, man. There you go. When I look at like where I was at 27, 28, 29, I was like, man, if I would have had like that mindset or just been exposed to that level of excellence or wanting to portray that level of excellence, man, things could have, it would have played out differently. So that's why I get excited to see it and just to see it play out. I always tell, I tell my wife this all the time. One of the things that I love seeing 
And it's one of my big things that I really focus on is I love seeing when people are in the grind of something. And what I mean by that is a lot of times, especially now in the time that we're living in, we can see success. We see people becoming successful. We see all these different things and we can see the after effects of it. A lot of people don't really see like the journey. The journey is like what was important. They don't see from day one to, they don't see day one until where it's taking them. For sure. Yep. For sure. And the journey is, I feel like, where you learn a lot of the lessons at. I mean, success, it becomes, once you get that to that level, it's like, I'm assuming that it would just kind of flow and just roll in a certain way. But seeing the journey, that's what's important, man. So I'm excited, man, to see your journey, bro. Like I said, I'm going to link everything down below, bro, because I I definitely, I know that you got an amazing legacy that you're going to be leaving, man, (laughs) on this earth, for sure. And I don't say, I don't just throw words out there like that to just say words like that. I I ain't a type to be... I don't want to gas people up. You know what I mean? We're in a gas station here. Yeah, man, get gas away, gas away. Yeah, I appreciate exactly. it. I'm yeah. enjoying I'm it. I'm going to give you flowers now. I'm going to give you flowers now. You know what I'm saying? So we got them now. So No, I appreciate it. Cool deal. So look, I wanted to jump into a, a conversation. I think this is a good conversation. I wanted to really address this issue of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I know you and I, we had a conversation, like we talked on the phone maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you had mentioned, like you had touched on that topic and how you had maybe had a conversation with somebody around there. And it really started piquing my interest because I think that's one of the issues that we as young men in our generation, we're really facing and we really need to learn how to change the narrative around. We need to learn Absolutely. how to change the narrative around that. So I wanted to talk with you about it as far as coming from different angles of being an entrepreneur, angles of being a young black man, angles of being a younger man in general and just Mm. see what your take is but um, where i wanted to start first was for you how would you define when you hear the term toxic masculinity how would you define that term when you hear that term when i hear that term i always think of stereotypes masculine stereotypes for example changing a tire, learning how to work your ways around a car changing a tire or being an athlete, being very athletic, playing sports. Stereo- those to me are like stereotypes because you're their actions. You're assuming that, okay, if you suck at sports or if you don't play sports, you're not really a man. If you don't know what this is underneath the hood in your car, that doesn't make you a man. If you, oh man, if you don't listen to hip hop music, that don't make you a man. If you, oh man, if you are a fan of theater, if you are on Broadway, if you are more involved in music than sports, stuff like that, certain actions, stereotypes, that's when I think of toxic masculinity. It's an irritating term. I hate the fact that it really exists because there is trying to, we are trying to, and I say we as far as the ones that are trying to help change the narrative and build up the change, we're trying to take, get away from that stigma, but you still have people and a lot of them are raised in that era you have young people that still believe hey if you don't drink beer you're not a man if you can't take if you can't take a drink you're not really a man or little things like that if you watch this you're not a man and i just i can't stand a man it's crazy but we still it's still a word that we're trying to get rid of but it's still very much in existence in our society so with being like and i know you mentioned earlier you said you were 27 years old i feel where i'm at right now is i'm in this gap like a generation gap because it's mm-hmm. like i just turned 40. so it's i know some of the older gentlemen that i look up to people that are in my dad's age their age range i saw that as being really prevalent in their you know what I mean? Their kind of culture and their society. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It was crazy. So where it was like all these different kind of mindsets that 
they handed down that said, okay, it was almost like, especially here in our country, I think it's a, it's a bigger issue because mm -hmm. we're in a capitalist country when we revolve around capitalism. So there's on top of just like this masculinity issue of what defines a man, mm -hmm. you now have another whole layer that says, okay, this is what defines you as a man, but then you have capitalism and the yeah, things it's that almost like a leadership role. Like you, if, in order for you, you have to be, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you're not a most of the CEO positions, most of the chairman positions, right? You got to be the man, the hard earned, the top dog man. And right. it starts to lead to the form of when our queens are not getting the right respect and the opportunities. But to go back, what you said, being that it's the age gap of us and you looked up to your older, the older generation, that was the same as me. I have my mom always jokes. She's like, why do you have a lot of older friends? You were at my bachelor party. I mean, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, oh, hey, you were probably the youngest guy there almost. <laughs> You know what I'm saying I was growing up as a kid, I was always by my old my uncles, my great uncles, older cousins, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the conversation. I truly believe that my uncles were probably of that generation. If you do this, you're not a man. And I it's no disrespect to them. It was a point where I'm like, I got I still respect them to this day, but I also want to I want to make them happy. So I want to do this. Let me accomplish a success in the playing athletics or doing this. And so I can really get that title of I'm a man now. You're a man now, right? So yeah. did you get into sports? Cause I know you played, I know we talked about it before. I don't know we didn't mention, but you played football and like you've uh, been footballs, track and field, soccer, lacrosse. Those are yeah, my main, those are my, yeah, I, I play a little bit of everything. My two main sports was probably track and field and football, but I, and I wish I would have stayed in soccer, but again, you go back to toxic masculinity. They, in our community, <laughs> soccer is not that, that main, that, that sport, but it really is one of the most toughest athletic sports in the world. In our community, basketball football boxing stuff that vigorous stuff that puts puts a toll on our body but just to prove that you have that toughness so those are sports mm. i was i was involved i did i did karate as a little kid as well too didn't know too much about karate but i'm a huge fan of mma karate all that great stuff and and yeah those are the athletics i did growing up i was a big fan of wrestling still a big fan of wrestling too so yeah. again the, the man's man kind of sports and entertainment those are the fields that i don't when i was when i was much younger and i think too when you think about it a lot of times the older guys that we hung around with and that we spent time with they tried to lead us in that direction you know what i mean yep. like you said yep. what's actually interesting man is for me growing up it was almost like the opposite Right. Mm, like I didn't mm. get I didn't get it was still I think it was still a level of that kind of toxic masculinity in a sense, because mm. it was more like it was more performance. Right. Performance as far as education and like, in your books and a man needs to provide a man needs to do this. A man needs to do that. So when it came to like sports, like I always was interested in sports because I'm, I'm already competitive, but it wasn't like push. OK. It wasn't something that said that you were manly because you did the sports, but. I still got the I still got the same energy with saying it wasn't manly if you couldn't provide. If you wasn't being yeah, able true. to be a breadwinner, if you weren't able to be X, Y, and Z, then you weren't being a man. So let me ask you this because this just brings up another good good something to think about, like that I was just yep. thinking about. Yep, yep. With seeing that and like experiencing being pushed in that direction, what do you think it was about the generation that we experienced that really pushed like this toughness on men. Cause you mentioned something like you were like, okay, it didn't, it wasn't manly unless it was taking a toll on my body or it causing me to have some kind of pain. Cause all these stuff that you just listed causes pain. Like, absolutely. Think about it, absolutely. Right? Sports, wrestling, fighting, all that stuff causes pain. What do you think it was about like that? Maybe that older generation that kind of pushed that. Man, honestly, man, I just, I'll go back in slavery. If you think about it, 
a lot of our male ancestors, man, they were abused. They were abused and they were mocked. And I think that they knew that they did not want their that they didn't want their legacy, their next generation to go through the same era. And what I mean by that is not to be spit on, not to be looked down on. But you have to be tough in order to make a way and make a way at the table or make a way and get your name mentioned. I really do think it's a fear thing. And it's just, again, our culture, our ancestors, man, we were abused. We were abused and mocked in the whole nine yards. So I really think that leading on to the older generation, they're like, hey, look, I need you to do this and do that. Like you said, be a provider. I need you to be a provider. I need you to know how to have all these different traits. I need you to different traits of labor. I need you to get your body strong in order to defend because you're going to have a family and so on. I and that's just and that's just coming off the top of the dome. I think that's yeah. I think it goes back to slavery for the older generation now for someone like my or just my older or my my dad or my uncles. Again, they had to get it from their dads who were from that area, a lot of discrimination, a lot of mistreatment. I think it's just the past abuse and the past the past hurt and hate that they feared. I think they think that in order for you to be to not show fear, you have to be tough. And it's just that key word is fear. And that's where I think it came upon. It was brought up by our older generation is just the fear is the fear. So if you show less fear, then you're already showing us a sign of confidence, even though they've always had the confidence and they never really had the fear. It was just they never had the opportunity. They, they just they never had the opportunity. All right. So diving a little bit more on that, because you made a good point. You mm -hmm. said, all right, it's not because, you know, you think about it when you think about that aspect of our history. If you look at a lot of and I don't just try and be light with how I say words, but when you look at the physical structure mm -hmm. of men from our community of and when you look at that comparison, it's like. In my head, I'm like, I don't know if I could really be scared of you because I know that I could, if I had to put hands on you, I could do that. So it's like one of those things where, you know, yeah, the fear plays into it and we have to be tough. But I want to dive into a little bit of wh why, like wh what causes that, you think? It's just... Oh man. And when you were talking, when you were talking to that, the first thing I started thinking of was the movie Django because the fighting mm -hmm. scene with the two big black guys fighting yeah, each other yeah, yeah, for, yeah, as yeah, for, exactly. inter for entertainment. And again, we weren't privileged enough to have our, excuse me, our, our ancestors. They probably weren't, they were not that privileged to have the great resources that, you know, white families back then had. And so it's okay. You had to have that physical appearance because for one, you're doing heavy labor for people, whether if it was inside or outside. And and it's really interesting because now you got me thinking harder on it because I'm like, I never really thought too much of the root aspect. I just always go on how we were raised in the black community now. And we say the black community, but honestly, in, in all in older generation and all for all males, they were pretty much the toxic masculinity was the same. Right. Same with sports, same with learning how to do certain labor work learning how to know your way around a vehicle. Like you said, being a provider. If you if the lady makes more than you, ooh, you ain't a man because you ain't providing. You let, you let yeah. a woman take care of all that crap. So that's where I think I'm losing my train of thought because I, I done lost what the question no, was. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I think just we were just talking about, okay, how, like where does that fear be? Where does it come from? Where is it developed from? Like I was mentioning, like when you look at who we are as a community, how we're built, how mm -hmm. we're structured, it was like, man, what was it? it that that caused us to, to well, because have was, so much fear. But so I think where that came from was the fact that if they if and I say they 
in slavery, I feel like if they did something wrong or if they did not, if they had an issue, if the owner, if the owner saw an issue, what they were doing, they would get abused. You think mm-hmm. of the, I go back to films. You think of the movie, was it? Django. Oh, not just uh, Django, Glory. Remember Glory? I don't know if you Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Glory, yeah. the scene where, where Denzel Washington was getting whipped and the, he yeah. had already countless slashes on his back. And yeah. the man showed no, he was still the whole time, but in, in if you looked at his eyes, was tearing up because it was mm-hmm. obviously painful. But I think the fear came because if they knew if they got in trouble, they would have gotten, they would have got abuse, abuse, mm-hmm. abuse, hurt, or maybe their family would have got the same thing. So all, the fear comes from if they hurt me or kill me, they might go to my family and do the same thing. So you need to be be, be on your p's and q's in order to not get a, a like a red flag or a pink slip by the, by the massa. And I think that's where the fear comes from just same when it comes to in the workplace and they tell you what do they do they do trial runs they do test runs hey look don't mm-hmm. do this because we had such and such do this back in in 2018 or 2008 but we just don't want you to follow back but we don't want that same thing to happen to you so you need to do this and do that so i think that's where i'm assuming the, the, where the fear had really came about was just the countless abuse they said okay look if, in order for me to stop doing this i need i need to man up man what they up, say yeah. I, need, I need to man up yeah so now here's the thing that I think, and I think that's an excellent point. It makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. if you do show that fear, if you do show in those type of moments and in those type of circumstances that you are afraid, obviously they're going to exploit that. They're going to use that. They're going to be able to be able to take well, that well, to another. Oh, my yeah, bad. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, another example is if you are fear, if you're a fearful driver, most likely if you're a fearful driver, what's going to happen? An accident's going to happen because you're driving already scared and intimidated. And that's why I always like to think positive. For one, I'm not, I'm, I like to drive like I own the road. That don't mean <laughs> I'm an aggressive driver, Nick, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying in any, you, anything in life that you do fearfully, something's not you're gonna attract something bad exactly it's gonna gonna attract something bad that's what yeah that's what i wanted to say yeah yeah it's like definitely a law of attraction but here's the other part of that too though here's the problem i think is that when you think about if you think about in those type of environments right i established this kind of fearful environment and where it was like okay i'm in pain as a man right let's Mm -hmm. say for instance using an example i'm in pain as a man i can't show that pain Mm -hmm. the problem is i might not want to show the person that's above me or that I have to answer to that pain. But what happens now when I go home and I have my son that's trying to be as a kid. And, and the problem is you're not going to be to your true self to them. You're not going to be exactly. your true. You're not going to be really who you are meant to be. And you're not going to be true in your skin. And again, that and all that does is just hurt your the next legacy, because now they're going to be saying, Okay, he's never showing his true self. And that's why we have a lot of friends that said, man, I ain't never seen my dad cry before. This is the first time I've seen him cry. And it's, it's sure. rare. It's, that's it's a good rare. question. How many times have you ever seen your, like, how many times have you ever seen that happen? Exactly. And I'm the same, I, I'm the same way. I, honestly, if I have to count, I would say two. And then two, and then two is happens at where it normally happens at funerals. So that's the only yeah, time, yeah. that's the only time I've seen my, my dad get emotional and i would say the same thing honestly for my mom you my family i've seen my mother get emotional because she's a tough cat too now she's a tough cat too so (laughs) she i've only seen her emotional and and i don't think that i think they just they do that just to always know that if they show that kind of emotion around their kid then their kid will get worried so i think my parents continue to raise me great because 
they never wanted to show that side of them but it is important to show that side so now you get all the elements of your parents but right. i think they they mainly do that to know that hey don't ever feel like something's going on you're all you that's why i always say i was very blessed and fortunate to have a great support system like my parents because there was never, I was, there was just, there was never a moment so I was nervous or scared or anything. Maybe if I did something wrong, if I did something wrong, that's yeah, when I was scared. Yeah. That's when I was scared. That's why I was trying right. to look for my, where, what hiding place can I do this time? What hiding place now? Right. They, they, they knew all my spots. They knew my spots. So I was screwed regardless, but, <laughs> but uh, I was, but that's, but I've never seen my pops really get emotional and nor have I wanted to see them see me get emotional. Uh, other, mm. other as a little kid. Why, if why I got not? Why not? You know what? Because I just personally, I don't like crime. It's, it is weird as it sounds. I just, I don't like being sad. I don't like, I love, I love, I'm all about positivity. Like I wake gotcha. up happy. I'm, I wake up <laughs> ready to go. Oh, for yeah, real, yeah, for real. Cause I'm like, if I wake up yeah. pissed off, I'm like, okay, my day's not going to go great. So I always keep that positive mindset and it's weird and i'm telling my secrets but i'm that we person where secrets, man. yeah I'm, i might as well say it on your podcast i might as well say it so i'm that person where i could be watching an ama amazing inspiring story in in by myself and that's when i start building up the emotion because like you said earlier seeing a journey from day one and then or just seeing someone hit hard times and get motivated either blessed when i see nice blessings being shown mm -hmm. that's what makes me makes me choke up because it's just it's a beautiful thing to see uh, but i make sure the room is empty i just it's just and it's weird it's weird i just I, my fiance's never seen me cry really uh, no she's never i, I, I could be honest with you man last year for me was the first time that my wife had ever really seen me cry like that before wow you know wow. what i mean and it was on a couple of like i had I, i've shared this with you before and i talked to other folks about it. i had a rough year last year mentally and and up until that point i never was like i was like yo tight like i'm not letting nobody see any kind of emotion <laughs> clench the butt um, cheeks yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm tight, I'm tight. you're not seeing anything but then last year like i said i was having a lot of those challenges and i realized okay there's for me, there was something that when I went into those spaces and I was allowing myself to to be vulnerable like that, open like that, it did it for me. It helped a lot mm -hmm. with healing. You know what I mean? It actually it was interesting about it, bro. Was when I was able to be vulnerable, it made me less fearful. I didn't have mm -hmm. to worry; like it didn't matter anymore. Because this is going back to what we we're talking about with toxic masculinity. One of the things that we get caught up with in a stereotype is that men are not allowed to cry. I've only seen my dad cry twice that I could really remember. And the first one of the times was when I was leaving for the Navy. You know mm, what I mean? Like, mm, so it's, mm. like, it's like one of an emotional things. moment. That's definitely it's an a emotional moment. But you know what I realized when I was in these moments last year, I was like, okay, if I can be open like this as a man and not have somebody say, okay, Nick, yeah, you're having a difficult time. Why are you having this breakdown but have somebody that's hey I'm, I'm here with you and i'm supporting you and i was like all right cool yeah it, it doesn't make me less than you know what i mean like it never really made me less and it's than so something. freeing it's so freeing For right sure. because you're again it's the stress is off because you're worrying about it too much for me i'm a that's so i have other friends that suffer with the m mental health okay. and i always tell them just to for them to feel more comfortable i'm like look dude honestly majority of everyone that lives in the world has a form maybe not an advanced form but they have a form like for me have i get nervous to the point i'll have i'll get pretty nauseous if i put, speak in front of six people maybe or even more i hate public speaking i absolutely hate it that's why i enjoy the one-on-one -on -one conversation but i can't stand it and it's hard because 
being an entrepreneur and in business and I'm trying to build a brand, if I don't show that confidence, then I don't make money. I don't if and if people see the what if people see the confidence level of myself being very low, they're going to be like, OK, I'm not going to have any faith in this business. So, right. again, that adds stress to me. So I'm always just oh, oh, second guessing, second guessing, second guessing. So I, it's, it's definitely freeing when you can really be truly open. And uh, when they see both, you don't have to hide anymore. It's ooh, I can finally relax. I can just let it out. Yeah, exactly. I can yeah, just let yeah. It out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of changing the narrative because when I got to that point where I was like, okay, yeah, I can just really talk about like the things that I might be dealing with or struggling with. I didn't, there was no, it wasn't necessary for me to be as tough. Going back to the mm. example that you were talking about, when we look at the example of what's happening in our community, what's happening with slavery, whatever it may be. Back then it was like, okay, I can't show this person that they're hurting me because if I do, then they're going to see it as a sign of weakness. Exactly, what I started exactly. learning last year was like, okay, I can show, I can express this side of my emotion, but that doesn't mean that I'm, that doesn't mean that I'm soft. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk over me. It just means that, Hey, this is a moment where I'm like needing to process this and her. I look at guys like to bring in the Bible to it. Mm -hmm. I look at guys like David. You look at a guy like David in the Bible. This guy's a warrior. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he's mm -hmm. just, I wouldn't want to never showed any him. fear. He never showed any fear. That's what I'm saying. But if you see a flip side and you go to Psalms and you mm -hmm. read his things and he's talking about the struggles that he had and crying and emotions and all that stuff, I'm like, none of us ever really look at like David and be like, man, this guy was soft. No way going to say that. In our context that we're looking at now, in our, especially in our generation, it's okay. Yeah, it, there should be a point where we're able to express a lot of those things and get it off. And I think absolutely, it's... Absolutely, absolutely. And another thing, too, I want to mm -hmm. bring up another great I'll say a story that just proved while i'm always trying to change change the narrative a friend of mine actually i know multiple not multiple but i know probably a few guys that are openly gay awesome mm -hmm. dudes i consider them great friends one of them i actually had on my podcast and he is a he's a musician but he actually he he just launched uh, probably six months ago he entered into the drag world okay and and i told him i'm like well you know what I would love to have you on the show because for one, I want to help bridge the gap between black straight men and the LGBTQ community, because at the end of the day, you're human beings. We should, mm -hmm. you should not be mistreated just because of your sexual orientation. As a black man, I feel like that's hypocritical. Just because, hey, people look, people will judge me because of the color of my skin. So why should I judge? And you shouldn't True. be judged anything. We live in a universal world, a universal society for a reason. You need to accept all religions, all sexual orientation, all back. You need to accept them and just stop being uptight. That's my whole pet peeve. I'm like, you shouldn't be mistreated. You, we should all be equally treated the same. So it was a privilege. I told him, I consistently told him, it was an honor to have you on the show. And we had a great conversation, myself and a few of my other great friends. It was really, he was in a room of all straight men. Right. Production crew in the background too. He was promoting a book of him dressed in drag and i said hey y'all gotta buy my man's book man y'all gotta buy my buy my buddy's book and support because hey this is it's just it's, and for him it was so free and it, he felt so humble because he's a man this is my first like he's done multiple shows. he said this is my first show like talking with like straight men and i'm like hey i hope it's the first of many because you're always invited and i felt comfortable being around him. i didn't feel like ooh, ooh he this he that i'm like no yeah. he's human but again i bring that up because Let's let a random straight man or anybody be like, oh, that dude, he gay or he, you right. know, he little sissy because you talking with him. So I'm like, dude, like I don't I, and I never understand it. Look, I even stretch it out a little more. 
my fiance and I, my my bride to be, we went to his. He had he was a, he was also on the show to launch. He was doing a, a drag show in a beautiful theater uh, located in in uh, um, Virginia Beach in, in Town Center, and mm -hmm. and we attended. I said, hey, look, I'm we were supporting friend. It was our first ever drag show, and we had a great time. I called him <laughs> and I said, hey, congrats, congratulations, bro, and this. And I had a joke with him. I'm like. Man, normally I don't really congratulate dudes that rock the heels really good, but man, you rocked in them heels, man. Did, did she sure. hurt anything? And she was, she was like, "Man, your makeup was on point. It was fun, and it was, but it was so it was. I know it had to be freeing for him because again, he's still he's a grown man. He's probably well in his mid to late forties, but he's he still he still still has his his walls to hit because there's a lot of people that don't like that. But mm -hmm. I, again, I bring all that stuff up because they will let you know the fact that you're just talking to me you're brave but you also put yourself at a risk of being insulted or people looked upon people judging you and stuff and that's what right. that whole toxic masculinity when i said the stereotypes actions it's all about actions there's no such thing as toxic masculinity there's no true person that's oh that's the man's man it's all actions it's all actions if you were pink you're not man enough i'm wearing this shirt got some little flowers on it and i rock the hell out of it you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's just they continue to i just can't stand it. i get hot about it because i had a, i was on a radio show and and a gentleman on the show was saying i feel like now and he was a much older guy in his 60s he said i feel like they're taking our manhood away i'm like what is the, what are they taking making men less of a man i'm like what does that mean what does that mean man i, That's I, a good I, question. I was getting so what, what was his answer to that because what the, what the heck does that mean how do you take my manhood away from me i don't understand and that. see and, and i told him i said i said there there is no true definition action wise of there you might there's a definition of a man you know part parts wise man parts yeah, female yeah, parts right. that's simple but action wise right. there's really no true definition of man up and stuff and honestly i was it was i was so hot it was a blur because i don't even think he gave us a response because it was like we said no it's ridiculous but i think for him again he is he's much older for him, he's guys like, oh man, I'll just use Pharrell's example. Pharrell is very eccentric, very artsy. Sometimes you might see Pharrell wear some shorts, a hat, like a skateboarder. Next thing you might see Pharrell wear a skirt. The man might wear a skirt. He's just, he's, 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 that's his brand. That's his persona. That does not make him less of a man. That man has a beautiful family, beautiful wife. He's more man than some of those other guys. The fact that he's wearing a skirt, he makes statements. That's a statement. But again I, I use him as an example because i think that's what he brought as a as an example just saying these guys are just this and that and everybody just so sensitive everybody just so sensitive i'm like hey agree to disagree but i was hot i was hot i was because again you hear it so many times and i'm just like saying you what did i say man i said something smart which i shouldn't have said but i just said dude you wear vans you don't even skateboard are you trying to be white i said something like that i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, i said yeah, something yeah. like that but yeah it's just again I'm like that, but what I just said was a stereotype. Just because you had wear vans does not make you a skateboarder. You happen yeah. to just like the shoes. Yeah. So I just I get on my rants, man. I apologize. This is your show. No, that's good. That's good. And that's what I love to hear because here's the thing I feel like what I hear sometimes when I hear conversations like that is really it's not a thing of they're taking our manhood, but it's I feel like sometimes it's more of a thing of they're exposing my insecurity so that's mm. where i feel like sometimes we get into these things where it's oh they're doing this they're doing that what can all like my thing with it is what are number one who are they i always ask that question people are like oh they doing this they like okay who is these people because you keep saying they is like a, a group of individuals somewhere that we're supposed to be able to identify but whenever i ask who they is we don't have a specific 
answer for who they are. And honestly, so like, they is the person inside of you. Seriously, it's sure. the person, it's the person in your mind. That's the for day. Sure. That's the many days with no names, no zip codes, no, no, exactly. no addresses. You don't exactly. even know what they look like. It's just what's they what do they like to order from Starbucks? You don't know. You just don't exactly. know. It's just a random person in their head. So exactly. uh it really is. It's is it's interesting. But you're absolutely right. I always wonder like who is they? But I, for me, and I, I use the example of when I have a fear of public speaking. I have a fear beforehand because I'm not, I don't even know who's gonna be there. But in my mind, I continue to tell myself, I continue to tell myself what if, and I I'm, I make myself it, it, I make myself anxious, I make myself nervous. So for them, their days is the person inside of them that continue to say, it. and it could be their, it could be their great uncle that they looked up to that probably said this is their mentor that probably said this is the what you need to be doing as a man. That's probably another person in their head that they that's one of the days. But mm. it's it's ridiculous because we need we have got to continue to take that out of the picture because there's so many gifted kids and i and the sad thing is there's a very high rate in suicides with youth not even grown people we're hearing about teenagers taking their lives because they're either getting bullied or they have their true passion how the way they feel how the way they want to be addressed and they're being bullied from school but they probably are also not respected from the household too from from their family or from their fathers and it's hard it's really sad because we if we want to see this country continue to grow and continue to thrive with great creators right we don't want we have to continue to help motivate people we have to continue to be cheerleaders of other people we have to continue to brand build we have to continue to just uplift the uplifting is just so needed in our society and i think if we continue to uplift each other and continue to uplift all different sides we will have so much healing and peace mm -hmm. and in unity that's just that's the key thing, and I'm not running for president. None. I know that sounds pretty sharp, but and I approve this message. No, I don't approve. But it's just, <laughs> but seriously, man, it's just the fact that we're having these these kind of conversations is unheard of. Some guys are probably looking at these men getting too sentimental. I ain't watching. Yeah, this. I ain't watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, but here and here's my thing, dude. Too because I think that what you're saying. So here's where I want to circle back around. One of the things that I mentioned earlier was with your generation. You're probably. 13, 14, 15 years younger than I am. We have this generation, like a skipping generation. I personally believe that your generation, like the 20s, 30s, is really going to be key and responsible in changing a lot of this narrative. The reason I say that is because, number one, bro, technology, the way we're connecting, the way we're able to get a message out is completely different. Number two, mm -hmm you're willing to have this kind of conversation, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay, back in the day, maybe about 20 years ago, ain't no way two guys are going to be like, hey, let's get on a podcast together and talk about feelings and what it means to be like a man. Let's like, open up no, a bottle bro. of wine. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> it wouldn't happen, bro. It would not happen. And like a lot of people would be like, yo, what in the world? And to even go back to like your friend that you had on the podcast, if honestly 20 years ago, if we would have probably been talking about this, the label we would have gotten is, okay, those guys are like homosexual, something's wrong with them, yada, yada, this and that. And then it's okay. You could say that, but now what about like my son? Like, how do I now teach my son? I have a six-year-old son now. And I noticed that there's moments where he'll get upset about something. Do I tell him like, nah, stop, quiet that up. 
be mm-hmm. a man or do I take the time to say, hey, bro, it's okay for you to be upset. I'm going to give you your time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you process this because I have to teach you how to process it. Because if Absolutely. I don't teach you how to process your emotions now at a six, as a six-year-old man, like boy, when you're 26 and you're ready to flip out on me because I didn't teach you or give you the space that you needed to like learn how to handle life and understand Absolutely. what life is about. Then I can't get mad when you flip out on me at 26 years old. That's my thing. It's okay. We have, even with the older generation, they might say, okay, these younger guys ain't listening. They ain't doing this. But you ain't never really gave younger guys the time to process their emotions and really figure out life. Everything was like when something bad happened, shut it down. Don't say nothing. Keep it in. And you're absolutely right. And you even look, you you look at crime going on, right? The crime Mm -hmm. is involving, again, I go back to teens. They're getting younger and younger. Lives are being lost or in the the suspects are being younger and younger. The victims are being younger and younger. I always say, look, we have to look at the root because those criminals are not always just purity bad. They weren't born bad. There was a time where they were either never, what's the word I'm looking for, didn't have the proper guidance and that led them to a rough path. And so when you always just start off by saying this and that and this, and there are hard criminals out there that just, their they're evil is all around. So the evil is in is existence. But the fact of the matter is you have to look at the root and you have to realize like, where was this kid hurting in order to think this is okay to do? Because a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of criminals that have great parents. And that's what mm-hmm. blind, that mind's blowing people is like, well, you had some great parents, hardworking, but where was the root? Was the moment came when he was crying and his dad said, you don't be a sissy or don't you man up, man up. Was right. that the peak for him? And then he, he said, okay, I'm going to just flip out when, you know, I'm going to become a head case in middle school, high school and things like that. They all, you always have to, again, find the root and see exactly where this issue happened. Because again, where are these 15 year olds getting this mindset from 16 year olds they haven't been in the world that long I mean, enough yeah exactly really yeah. <laughs> from like one to three or one to four they're still trying to figure out their abcs and one two threes so For then sure. you take those four years out and then stretch it out until they get to 15 16 where did all this stuff come from so right. again you're speaking right on the head nick as far as letting your son when it comes to moments like that yeah. And then too, at the same time, I got to say this though, <laughs> my thinking at mm-hmm. the same time, yes, we process emotions, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm going to still teach you how to protect yourself. I'm Absolutely. Still teach you like things that I think are like, okay, this is what a man's supposed to do. Like I'm the head of my household. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to protect my family. I'm supposed to be a cover. And I'm supposed to, those are my roles. Those are my responsibilities. I'm going to teach you how to do those things, but I may try and teach you how to do those things in a different way where you're allowed to be because i think one of the damaging things when you look at like toxic masculinity is it Mm -hmm. robs a lot of men of being who they were supposed to be like god created them to be right god created every and this is my personal belief Mm -hmm. every single person that comes onto the face of this earth god has created them for a specific like a specific purpose and when you look at this toxic masculinity, you put a, you can put, cause I look back on my own life. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I was real like creative one. I'm always like all over the place, like always moving <laughs> like in class. I'd be like, yo, this is boring. Cause I learn so fast and then move on to the next thing. But it was always like, okay, take all of that. And it's okay. Now nah, you need to be here at school. You need mm-hmm. to be doing this. You need to be doing this. And then it stifled a lot of that. And so you really rob a lot of men from, probably becoming like who they were really meant to be like and what god designed them to be because you think going back to david my bad before i cut mm, you off no, going back to david 
if you look at like David, the reason he became who he was because he was able to express the emotions of being a man. Like men came to him and was like, bro, this guy, he can still take your head off, but then <laughs> we can duck off in the corner and have a conversation about how I can't figure out my marriage and how mm -hmm. I can't, like, what am I supposed to do? And he's not going to judge me. He's going to put his arm around me and be like, bro, I'll cry with you. I'll do this with you and we're going to make it. But tomorrow we got to get on the battlefield. We're going to go to war. Right. So that's the balance that I think needs to kind of shift, man. Oh, then man. Amen to that. And which, what you had said about still teaching your son, your child how to protect himself, that goes on both sides. Everybody teaches their boy and girl how, you know, how to protect themselves. Uh, and just like you said, and just in different ways. And mm -hmm. it's extremely important. I don't think that that technically means, hey, you need to protect yourself as a woman or you need to protect your man says you need to protect yourself as a man they just say protect protect yourself, protect Pro yourself. proper guidance being that provider really and what i'm learning men and women really are taught how to hey you need to help provide for family there's daughters out there now being say hey you need to become not be a provider be a provider but yeah be, we'll be a provider and always still know how to work independently and then you branch all that stuff together and then it's okay we got this we, we building up a team now but you're absolutely right you still have to build off that guys and it's funny so when i was um so until i was seven my my mother was a single parent but my, my father was still in my life to this day he just lived in a different state but as far as in virginia my mother was a single parent but i was surrounded by my mom my grandmother and my two aunts so i was surrounded by all females so most again go back to toxic masculinity you're raised by all women guess what you probably gonna be more like the like the women and i wasn't because my mom my aunt my grandmothers my, my grandmother and my aunts they taught me really how to be the man my once my i was blessed with my bonus dad who got me involved in athletics he topped it off but i will say my mom started off giving me that what's the word i'm looking for she established that platform of hey just be always defending yourself being tough it wasn't really about being a true man she was just teaching me the way of life yeah that came and just added on some more greatness it's just and again like i said my father's in my life and he was also providing that for me even though we were still in different states i'm all i'm i was very fortunate to again have a great support system but if i think about it and if i never got into sports i'll be the same old errington i'll still cracking jokes i'll still you probably uh, you wouldn't know. be as big though you'd probably be a little bit slim no i think <laughs> i don't know i think i would be well because i was always i was in the wrestling before i even watched sports okay i was yeah. a huge fan of wrestling so right, yeah, i'm like i, I yeah. gotta look like the rock well, i gotta look like uh, yeah you know, triple h i, I gotta got like these big guys so yeah. i was always into that and appearance was everything and stuff so i like to swag out good but it's just you know, i was very blessed to have those conversations with my father never in that scenario where i thought oh man if i don't do this is he gonna look at me different is he gonna do this and do that no it was just right. it it was just simply just the way of life and i'm no parent so i don't want to say most of y'all parents you do the same thing because i don't have kids but i do think that our generation now the younger generation like you said more tech savvy and and just really trying to help change that narrative we're in that era where the term YOLO, you only live once. We always go by that. Like, why don't you just do this? Huh? YOLO. We just we don't think on it. We just do it. And I think that's what kind of makes at least the 20s and in that range more inspiring. And on top of that, too, it's important when it comes to because you mentioned some key points, but I also want to throw in when it comes to voting, because that voting. It makes a huge difference when certain bills and laws are being passed. That's what yeah. goes on in the young. They always say, young people, please vote because it's you have some young people that don't worry about it. You have some people that are very much involved in it because they want to see the change. They want to see that narrative being changed. That's why you right. see a lot of young people marching 24 seven 
and going above and beyond painting their whole body or just doing doing everything they can to make that example or to yeah. send that, get that message across for sure and i think too to add to that when you talk about that man i know for me like what you have gotten involved with as far as learning about that that side as far as voting politics because i'll be honest my i was like eh, i'm not gonna the first time i voted was when obama was going into office because i was like yo all right let's do I it i gotta you know, vote this like, brother yeah. in it's my and duty I, and honestly looking back on it, it was ignorant i'm not saying that i didn't want obama to be in office but i'm just saying like why did it take me so long to learn about what's happening and what's affecting me is okay you know if i can what ask mean? what age you were when obama first got in office Bro, the, so the, when did he get in office? Twenty twelve. Because I was in seventh grade when he first won the elect when he won that first election, T which was two thousand eight, right? Twenty eight, two thousand eight. When did he come? Two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand. I think. Dang. Then we have think... to Google this one. This is sad. I, I, hey, it's all good. <laughs> it, it, go. It's been a long time. Oh, you Google around? To, we go, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to edit. We're gonna have to edit that one out. We, we, we got to fact check it. We edit that one out because I don't want to give people the wrong. I want to say it was, yeah, it had to be 2008, 2009, 2009, okay, you were close, you were close. yeah, so yeah, the elections was in 2008, but he got, he was in office 2009, so he got, got inaugurated you. 2009, got you, so, got you, yeah, got you. so 2008, bro, what's, we're 2022, right, 2022 right now, almost finished Let's with 2022, see. So that was 14 years ago for me. So I was so your 27, age. Wow, so wow, wow. Shame on you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, I was late too. I was late too. I was probably at, I want to say the election. I don't know. It was probably his second, no, because his second, yeah, his second term because seventh grade, 18, 18, 19, I think. I don't know if it was a second term or not, but I think I was between 18, 19, possi possibly 20 when I first, when I first voted. Because again, and I've done local, I've done local many times, but I just never really no i take that back i don't even know if i did local that much but to say all that though i learned my lesson and really focus on that and uh, just uh, continue. Well, I, I think i cut you i'm sorry i think i cut you off because you were bringing that up with no, you good. So, yeah no, so no, you're good, you're good. yeah no i just i had it, it was just it was it's important to definitely understand politics right so i'm sharing with my friends young and older than me just simple conversations when it comes to local elections i'm getting involved with I have, i'm fortunate to have a lot of friends that work in local and state office so i learn from them and not just as a business owner why it's good to see what's going on in your community but again yeah. you if your whole at least my, for my mission is all about changing the narrative i want to see change i want to see equality i want to see just positive changes happening so i'm always going to be at least having a seat whether it's on the right or the left i want to attend all the events and just get, get listen out get the perspective and just help got my help lead some of my younger friends and people that are rookies when it comes to understanding politics because because it, it is important as much as people will say hey you know that whole phrase or term your vote matters doesn't it doesn't really matter it does it, it really does i understand that you're hurting the fact that you might have some promises that's never been met and that's been like the narrative in politics that's why a lot of people lean away from it but but in order to really see big changes in our society you can you, it starts in you know, it starts with you right you can make so many changes by yourself you but it also does happen when it comes to the in politics you gotta vote you gotta cast your vote and vote for if you have issue occurring hey vote man or either run that's a lot of people i met they say if i have an issue i'm just gonna run i'm not gonna go that far i'm not gonna go that far Nick. I'm, I'm not i'll be behind the scenes but i'm not gonna go that far I mean, my voice can say enough because i can talk for hours and hours and i'm loud so they can hear me from somewhere but but yeah, ready man. for it. You ready for it? I hear I'm you. not ready for all that. I'm not ready for what, all that. 
I think that kind of it brings a good segue, man, for us to just land the plane a little bit. I know you brought up some really good points as far as like voting, right? As mm-hmm. far as getting involved with voting, understanding the voting aspect of it and really just changing a lot of cultural things. But what else do you think maybe not necessarily on more of a public level or more of like a group level, but what mm-hmm. do you think that we can do as men to start changing some of that narrative around this issue of toxic masculinity? Whereas so you have some conversations with older folks, older guys, and you're like, ah, oh, how could I, what do you think that we could start doing to change some of that narrative? For one, simple things is small groups. I remember when I was younger and instead of Bible study, you had youth groups. So you met up with young kids, kids your age, going over a scripture, but also having a lot of fun. You can do the same thing now, doing some small groups. We're living, we live in a tech savvy world. So you're doing a perfect example right now, Nick, with your podcast, right? Podcast is listened and heard all from all over the world in so many different podcast platforms so when it comes to social media we need to use our social media positively because there's a lot of people that they get those toxic masculinity vibes through social media because especially young kids are into their phones i'm looking at young kids now you're six years old how can you know how to control the <laughs> iphone 13 pro max more than me sure. i'm like i'm over here trying to figure out something a little rug rack crap i got you I'm, wait hold on you can talk like this is, this is one of those sure. things like but we live in such a tech savvy world and everything is a very judgmental world too when it comes to television when it comes to again podcasts small groups or just starting off with the one-on-ones a simple thing grabbing lunch with your with your friends or or playing sports and having those conversations at the same time because now you're now it's okay we're fellas we just finished working out at the gym lifting weights and doing all that stuff going hard but we're also having these conversations while we're doing it so intertwining and incorporating the exact same things going to your favorite sports bar and having those conversations or just enjoying some just fellowship so you want to continue to that that's some of just the things i'm thinking in my head right now social media small groups group chats oh man what else what else what else i don't know i think that's all i can think of in my head man but that's how you have to have to start it off just start with one person and sometimes that one person can be like hey look i have this guy that we had the same conversation okay bring him on and i I can do the same thing and you continue to build it up and then you have a a church size (laughs) of dudes you're talking to that have the same thing and if they continue to spread that message and refer to others that's you know that's how you got to do it that's really how you do it just by speaking and just by speaking into existence and by actions as well so my example with with my friend who's openly gay that i even posted that on my social media knowing everybody can see it i'm like hey but it's positivity we're helping bridge the gap and we had a great time and we're talking all positive vibes we're laughing hey we're helping I, wa- that I watched that episode too he was firing off he was funny man i like him he's got his energy is hype bro and <laughs> let me let me tell you something when the episode when it go when it goes out man it's it, the episode was so powerful i honestly think it was probably my longest show <clears throat> excuse me ever recorded he, he it, it but it was so it was so neat like it was just it was very inspiring i was happy just the fact that i had to give myself a pound of back because i'm like the guest i usually hit up the guest so i feel like scared. <laughs> i was proud man i was really i was honored and that same day of recording i had to i picked him up from his location because his car was in the shop so again it was still chain of narrative i never i was close to the man that hey, right. we so it was still i felt just i don't know i just felt lord this was my a for the day because yeah. i just felt like i made this man's day 
and and i hope that this message was spread across and i hope people can learn something from it so i was really happy about that day for sure for sure and i think that i think you hit some really good points man and i think too to add a little bit of, to add a little bit of seasoning on what you just said i think you made a good point about actions it's really mm -hmm. about actions our actions that we take but then it's really about men being willing to have the courage to take that action right because that's Absolutely. my thing is you were willing to say I'm gonna put myself out there, not because I'm concerned about what everybody else is saying, but because I'm concerned about this is another human being that has a whole story that people need to hear. And when people hear his story, they can say, okay, now I understand where, why you're, where, where you're at, or not even really why, but I just understand where you're at yep. in life. You know what I mean? Because I hear your story. And so I think that's really key, man, is just really just having the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to have these difficult conversations. That's why I don't mind having these conversations, because a lot of these kind of conversations people don't want to have because it exposes a lot of my insecurity is exposed a lot of your insecurity. It exposes a lot of who we are as men. Yep. It, it brings up that these, fear. It brings up that sure. fear. Them. Yep. For sure. And we start talking and we're like, dang, I never really thought about how I was afraid of this or how I looked at this. But I think those conversations are really important, man. I think, man, yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. Just having those conversations, bringing that positivity to social media, our interactions, mm -hmm. how we're dealing with people, how we're talking, talking with people, man, I think can definitely change the narrative on that, man. I feel good, man. I feel like this was a really good convo. Anything else you could think man, about, man, that man, you want to add? Man, I don't even. Man, what? And I'm, I'm thinking so fast right now because I'm like, when, when, right when you, right when we end this, it'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm gonna call you. Look, can you record my voice saying this right now? You can. Okay, okay, I try. Um, sure. But but yeah, man, just I mean, you you definitely you nailed it as far as um having the courage, being more comfortable, being open, and not showing that fear. That's really when you said being more open and having having that courage. That was like, man, I wish I would have said that. So you took my last point. You took my last point because that's really it. And it, it, yeah, man, it's simple. It's simple. So I truly, yeah, I just, I hope they can get a lot from this conversation that we had and hope to spread and have more conversations like that. And again, it's simple guys. This, hey, man up doesn't exist. Being the true meaning of being a man is just being yourself there's no such true meaning as it just be yourself just be yourself be the way that you want to be it do not hold that in okay please do not hold that in because all you're doing is constantly building that lack of confidence in your true self so please express your true self please it does not it doesn't make you lack of a man to talk sincere to have those emotional conversations with your teammates with your brothers or just bros man it does not make you less of a man and if it goes on in your household please let your father let that masculine person in your family know that so that maybe you can teach them and bring them more open and then they you're inspiring them to change their narrative that's my two cents nick that's all i got yeah. that's all i, I had right it. there <laughs> i love it i love it man i appreciate it man hey look this has been the life recreated show man i enjoyed a wonderful time with my brother Arrington here and i'm going to make sure that i do a couple things i'm going to link down in the description below where you can find Arrington. actually before we head out man where can people find you give them a shout out man where can they find you on social media and everywhere Okay, so my IG is my name, Arrington Gavin. Very simple. Please also follow my my business, Rugged Evo. That's my, one of my business, Rugged Evolution Beer Care, and as well as my podcast, Our Smooth Club Podcast, a show where everyday men discuss everyday topics. We're also 
on Instagram, our Facebook page, Our Smooth Club Podcast, our YouTube, Rugged Evo TV. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. And again, just I truly appreciate it, Nick. And thank you for having me. And yeah. for those, just please continue to support my friend Nick. Continue to support this movement. His show is awesome. I'm jealous of his set. And he is just, <laughs> he's the man. He's the man. But yeah. again, I truly thank you, brothers, for, for allowing me to have this conversation with you and for inviting me. Hey, I hope to have some more invites for, to come. And uh, for sure. it, was, it, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely, man. And I'm going to make sure I'll link down everything in the description below so you can find Arrington, find out everything he's doing. I'm going to link some of the shows that he talked about and just definitely uh, look into what, what he's got going on. And for us, the reason that we're having this kind of conversation is because it's necessary for us as men to be able to change that narrative on this channel, on this show. We're all about really just learning, healing, and growing all these different aspects of life. Check us out on YouTube. If you're checking us out on the podcast, definitely leave a comment down below. Leave a review. Let me know how we're doing, what we can improve on, things that you might want to hear. Those things definitely help out. But until next time, I want you to keep learning, keep healing, and keep growing.